Nicole is a 29-year-old healthy woman who comes for preconception counseling. She and her wife are considering artificial insemination using a known donor. She wants to make sure she's doing everything she can to assure a healthy pregnancy. You elicit a thorough family history and discovered that her brother has been having some medical problems and just discovered the pituitary tumor. Her dad has kidney stones and stomach ulcers. Nicole has regular periods and has never had kidney stones, stomach ulcers, or low blood sugar symptoms. You recognize the possibility that Nicole's brother and father might have multiple endocrine neoplasia type 1 syndrome. After noting your attention to her family history, she presses you to gauge whether she should be concerned and reminds you that she hasn't had any similar symptoms. What do you tell Nicole about multiple endocrine neoplasia and does she have cause for concern? Hi and welcome to Audiobricks. I'm Alex Dennis and this is the break on multiple endocrine neoplasia. Let's jump in. After completing this section, you'll be able to 1. Define multiple endocrine neoplasia, or MEN, and list the three MEN syndromes. 2. Compare and contrast the main clinical features of MEN1, MEN2A, and MEN2B. 3. Describe the genetic defects that cause MEN1, MEN2A, and MEN2B. And 4. Briefly describe the management of the MEN syndromes. If I say Abraham Lincoln, what comes to mind? The Penny? The Emancipation Proclamation? I bet probably not MEN syndrome, but it should be. And that's what we're talking about today, so buckle up. Mr. Lincoln was known for his towering height and long limbs, his enormous hands and feet, and his large, bumpy lips. Mr. Lincoln's coarse-featured mother, Nancy Hanks Lincoln, had a similar phenotype. These observations have prompted investigation into the possibility that he might have had multiple endocrine neoplasia type 2b, known more familiarly as MEN2b. We'll be going over MEN2b as well as other types of this uncommon genetic disorder in this episode. Part 1. What is multiple endocrine neoplasia? Multiple endocrine neoplasia is a familial syndrome of endocrine tumors occurring in endocrine organs throughout the body. Despite its acronym, the risk of acquiring MEN is about the same in men and women and also across geographic and racial and ethnic groups. These are rare syndromes affecting about 1 in 30,000 people. Genetic mutations cause the MEN syndromes, which are then inherited in an autosomal dominant pattern. This means several members of the same family are often affected, and it also means that an affected parent has a 50% chance of passing down the disease to his or her children. Online cancers without a hereditary basis, tumors associated with MEN often occur in younger patients under the age of 40 years old and affect multiple organ systems all at once, making them particularly troublesome. Generally, tumors may arise in the pituitary gland, parathyroid glands, thymus, pancreas, thyroid gland, or adrenal glands. The three major types of multiple endocrine neoplasia are MEN1, MEN2A, and MEN2B, and each has a characteristic picture of endocrine or neurologic disorders and tumors. Let's break for our first question. What is the genetic inheritance pattern for all three types of MEN syndromes? MEN is inherited in an autosomal dominant pattern, which means several members of the same family can be affected and an affected parent has a 50% chance of passing it down to offspring. 
Okay, so when we define each specific MEN syndrome, we do that by the organs it affects. Each has a characteristic pattern, but there is overlap. Although understanding the MEN syndromes may seem challenging at first, we'll go over some mnemonics as we describe each syndrome that will be useful for recalling key differences. For the sake of keeping them straight, let's start with big picture tricks. I like to remember that each MEN syndrome has three key associations. They're all P's when you start with MEN1, and then you drop a P with each subsequent MEN. So MEN2A has two P associations, MEN2B has one. Don't worry if that was fast. I'm just planting a seed. We'll delve into that as we explore the MEN syndromes. Part 2. Multiple endocrine neoplasia, type 1. For MEN1, remember the triad of three Ps, which includes pituitary, parathyroid, and pancreatic tumors. That's pituitary tumors, pancreatic endocrine tumors, and parathyroid adenomas. Most of the pituitary tumors are prolactinomas. It works out for us because the P from prolactinoma keeps it consistent with our P mnemonic. The excess prolactin can cause galactorrhea, which is the inappropriate milk discharge from the breasts, decreased libido, or infertility. A minority of tumors instead secrete excess growth hormone. Patients have hyperparathyroidism due to either multiple parathyroid adenomas or just parathyroid hyperplasia. Because the parathyroid glands make PTH, whose job is to increase blood calcium, this leads to hypercalcemia, which causes constipation, upset stomach, kidney stones, polyuria, and polydipsia. If calcium levels are very elevated, patients may have confusion, lethargy, and fatigue. A pancreatic gastrinoma will cause high levels of gastrin. Patients with gastrinomas will present with recurrent peptic ulcers, a condition known as Zollinger-Ellison syndrome. Alternatively, an insulinoma may cause recurrent episodes of hypoglycemia, leading to confusion, dizziness, or loss of consciousness. That's it for the presentation of MEN1. Before we look at the underlying cause, let's pause for a knowledge check. What three organs are affected in MEN1? The three Ps of MEN1 are the pituitary, pancreas, and parathyroid. Remember the E in MEN stands for endocrine, so even if you forget, odds are you'd correctly pick them out if you stated the first three P endocrine organs that came to your mind. Alright, on to what's causing this. Genetics, of course. Inherited genetic mutations are the underlying mechanism for the development of all the MEN syndromes, and it's important to understand that this is precisely what makes them so dangerous. The mutation is distributed throughout the entire body from birth rather than localized to one area of the body, as in sporadic mutations, and that's why multiple organ systems are affected. Patients with MEN1 have a defect in the gene MEN1, a tumor suppressor gene found on chromosome 11 that codes for the menin protein. Tumor suppressor genes regulate cell proliferation and prevent the development of cancers. An inactivating or loss-of-function mutation causes the loss of tumor suppressor activity of menin. This leads to the pituitary, parathyroid, and pancreatic tumors typically associated with MEN1. Did you get all that? Let's try a question. How do mutations in MEN1 lead to the development of MEN type 1? 
In MEN1, a loss of function mutation in MEN1 inactivates its tumor-suppressing ability, allowing the development of cancer. Screening the relatives of patients with a MEN syndrome is crucial to ensure earlier diagnosis and treatment. First-degree relatives of patients with MEN1 should undergo genetic screening, and both patients and relatives with the mutation should be evaluated annually for evidence of pituitary, parathyroid, and pancreatic tumors. These tumors can be removed or treated medically, depending on the severity of the symptoms. Pituitary prolactinomas are normally first treated with cabergoline, a dopamine agonist that suppresses prolactin secretion. Parathyroid function can be followed up with regular determinations of the serum calcium levels. If there is chronic hyperparathyroidism, partial or total surgical parathyroidectomy is performed. Gastronomas with peptic ulcer disease can be treated with proton pump inhibitor drugs. Part 3. Multiple endocrine neoplasia types 2A and 2B. MEN2A and MEN2B have similar genetic causes and overlap in their clinical presentations as well. Let the nomenclature help you remember that. MEN1 versus 2A and 2B. Each of the type 2s includes medullary cancer of the thyroid and the neuroendocrine tumor pheochromocytoma. I remember it like this. It's the two MEN type 2s, so they have two things in common. MEN type 2A includes two Ps and one M. Parathyroid tumors and pheochromocytoma combined with medullary thyroid carcinoma. MEN type 2B is associated with a single P and two Ms. Pheochromocytoma, medullary thyroid carcinoma, and mucosal neuromas. I want to bring back my mnemonic from earlier. MEN1 has three Ps, MEN2A has two, and MEN2B has one. See how we knocked off one P every round? Then, the two MEN2s have two things in common. Finally, and this one is a new one, MEN2A is in the middle so it shares all its associations with either MEN1 or 2. Since it has 3 and shares 2 with MEN2B, it shares parathyroid problems with MEN1. It's definitely a handful of mnemonics that take a while to spell out, but eventually, the associations end up sticking. Let's see if that was helpful with the question. In what MEN syndromes is the parathyroid gland affected? Parathyroid adenomas and hyperplasia occur in MEN1 and MEN2A. Alright, moving on to MEN2A and MEN2B and the common presentations. The two conditions that are seen in both MEN2A and MEN2B are medullary thyroid cancer and pheochromocytoma. The specific form of medullary thyroid cancer has a poor prognosis. At diagnosis, it has often metastasized to the liver, lung, or bone. Patients may report symptoms of hoarseness due to enlarging thyroid cancer. An enlarged or nodular thyroid is sometimes felt on exam. In terms of pheochromocytoma, this endocrine tumor is usually found in the adrenal gland. These tumors secrete catecholamines such as epinephrine and thus cause hypertension and often intermittent episodes of headaches, tachycardia, which is felt as palpitations, pallor caused by vasoconstriction, and heavy sweating. The condition is diagnosed by finding elevated urine or plasma levels of catecholamines or their catabolites. Now, what conditions separate MEN2A from MEN2B? 
Hyperparathyroidism is only seen in MEN2A patients, and it's due to either multiple parathyroid adenomas or parathyroid hyperplasia. And I say that knowing that, fun fact, parathyroid hyperplasia is thought to be a mislabeling for what's actually multiple adenomas, which is consistent with a neoplastic rather than a hyperplastic process, but I digress. In any case, this hyperparathyroidism leads to hypercalcemia, which again causes constipation, upset stomach, kidney stones, polyuria, and polydipsia. Recall that if calcium levels are very elevated, patients may have confusion, lethargy, and fatigue. What's unique to MEN2B is that patients develop mucosal neuromas. These are benign tumors. They develop in the mouth, eyes, and submucosa of almost all organs in the first decade of life and appear in 100% of patients with MEN2B. Usually there are numerous yellowish-white painless nodules on the lips or tongue, sclera, or eyelids. There may be enough lesions on the lips to produce a blueberry lip appearance, and growth on the vocal cords can cause hoarseness. There's actually another thing that's specific to MEN2B, and that's a morphinoid habitus. This is characterized by long limbs, wide arm span, and hyperlaxity of joints. That brings us back to Abraham Lincoln, who was notable for his unusual height, thin body shape, and bumpy lips, the mucosal neuromas. Historians have hypothesized that he was also probably dying of the thyroid cancer characteristic of MEN2B at the time he was shot. So it's helpful to remember that Lincoln was one of the great men-to-B. Time for a knowledge check. Medullary thyroid carcinoma is associated with which MEN syndromes? Medullary thyroid carcinoma is associated with MEN2A as well as MEN2B. Let's talk genetics now. Recall we said MEN1 was due to a loss of function of a tumor suppressor gene. Well, we're dealing with the opposite here. MEN2A and MEN2B are both due to mutations in the gene RET, which is a proto-oncogene. MEN1, loss of tumor suppressor, MEN2A and 2B, activating an oncogene. RET is found on chromosome 10 and codes for receptor tyrosine kinase. In MEN2, RET becomes an oncogene after a gain-of-function mutation. Oncogenes promote uncontrolled cell division and also lead to the development of cancer. Red gene mutation is associated with the development of the medullary thyroid carcinoma and pheochromosartoma that are seen with MEN2A and MEN2B. And that should be easy to remember, since both MEN2A and 2B have red mutations, these should account for the associations they have in common. Let's review this. How do red mutations lead to the development of MEN type 2? A gain-of-function mutation in the RET proto-oncogene makes it an oncogene, which causes the uncontrolled cell division seen in cancer. And now, management of MEN2s. Just as we discussed before, screening the relatives of patients with MEN is crucial to ensure earlier diagnosis and treatment. For both MEN2 syndromes, all diagnosed patients and first-degree relatives who screen positive for the RET mutation should undergo prophylactic thyroidectomy given the very high risk of the poor prognosis medullary thyroid cancer. This should be done even if there is no evidence of cancer in the gland. Removal of the thyroid greatly decreases mortality in this patient population. All patients with MEN2A or MEN2B should receive annual blood pressure screenings and counseling about the symptoms of pheochromocytoma. 
For patients with MEN2A, parathyroid function should be followed up with regular serum calcium determinations. For those with MEN2B, mucosal neuromas may require surgical removal if they compromise body function, such as impinging on nerves or growing on the vocal cords. And that's all I got for the MEN syndromes. I know it was a lot, so let's see what you should be taking away from this episode. First, what does MEN syndrome stand for and what are its three major types? MEN syndrome stands for multiple endocrine neoplasia or MEN syndromes. They represent familial syndromes of endocrine tumors occurring in different organs throughout the body. The three major types of multiple endocrine neoplasia are MEN1, MEN2A, and MEN2B. Next, what is the mode of inheritance of MEN syndromes? MEN syndromes demonstrate an autosomal dominant pattern of inheritance. They typically occur in patients younger than 40 years old. In what organs do tumors develop in MEN type 1 syndrome? MEN1 syndrome affects the three P endocrine organs, so the pituitary gland, the parathyroid gland, and the endocrine pancreas. What conditions are common to MEN2A and 2B? Both MEN2A and MEN2B are associated with medullary thyroid carcinoma and pheochromocytomas. Parathyroid tumors are associated with MEN2A, while mucosal neuromas and morphinoid habitus are associated with MEN2B. How do genetic mutations causing MEN1 versus MEN2 compare? MEN1 syndrome is due to the loss of the MEN1 tumor suppressor gene, while MEN2A and 2B are due to activating mutations of the proto-oncogene RET. And lastly, what organ should be prophylactically removed in patients with MEN2? Patients with MEN2 have a high risk of medullary thyroid carcinoma, so that warrants prophylactic surgical removal of the thyroid gland. And that's it! Armed with your newfound knowledge on multiple endocrine neoplasia, let's revisit our patient from the beginning of the episode. Thinking back to your visit with Nicole, who's going through preconception counseling as she's preparing for artificial insemination. After reviewing your family history, something piques your interest. Although she doesn't have any symptoms that suggest she has any of the common pituitary, pancreatic, or parathyroid tumors associated with the MEN1 syndrome, you're highly suspicious her brother and father might be afflicted based on the family history she's provided to you. She seems a little unnerved at the suggestion of getting tested for a condition she doesn't display symptoms of. How do you explain your reasoning for wanting to perform testing? You explain to Nicole that her brother and father have concerning symptoms and should be tested for the MEN1 mutation. If the mutation is present, or if they will not or cannot get tested, then she should be tested to ensure prompt evaluation and treatment. You go on to explain that because MEN1 is an autosomal dominant mutation, there are no carriers. An unaffected person cannot pass it to her future child. You share this information with her, ensure that her vaccines are updated, and encourage her to take prenatal vitamins. 
That's a wrap on MEN syndromes. I hope you take away a few handy tricks from this episode. If you liked what you heard, make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. Your feedback helps us improve. You can also get the full RX Bricks experience online at www.usmle-rx.com. I will catch you on the next one.